Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Self Published Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Pearson, and I'm joined today by my husband. Hi, I'm Nolan. And if you're listening for the first time, this is the best podcast for publishing and marketing tips, motivational quotes, and tons of advice and ideas on the craft of writing itself based off of great and awful movies. And what is the movie we're doing today? The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Long delayed. <laughs> yeah, actually, since last October. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> we're like, we're going to do a Halloween movie. And it's been eight, ten months. Yep. Ten months. Wow. Anyway, uh, we pushed off Pacific Rim because we didn't have enough time to watch both movies because they're not kid-friendly movies. And we actually ended up watching The Ghost of Mr. Chicken after the kids went to bed anyway. So, But anyway, so Pacific Rim is going to be next week instead of this week. And we have Graham Bradley joining us for that again. And let's see, um, as an update on Facebook ads and my book launch, I have finished all the short stories that I was writing as bonuses. I finished the very last one, sent that to my editor on Saturday and I stopped the ads that I was running and created new ones. And I've got one that's running right now. That is, it mentions, well, one of the biggest issues I've I've had with these ads is it's for a pre-order and people aren't going to pre-order when they could just download it if it was ready. And, you know, it just takes away that knee jerk reaction. And so I put in there inside the ad about the download bonuses they'll be getting. And I've been getting about two pre-orders a day, which is pretty decent considering it's a $5 ad. And I, um, once it's released, it'll get more than that. And so, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I've got one ad running right now and I've been in the process of switching my Facebook manage thingy, whatever called, whatever it's called to a business manage account, manage business manager. Anyway, it's been a pain in the butt. I was on call, I guess you could say in a chat with Facebook for like 30 minutes today while they ran around in circles and asked stupid questions and I didn't figure it out on my own anyway. So yeah. Anyways, that's what's going on. I'm going to be sending Shadow Profit to my readers starting this week. Um, my merchandiser at Smashwords is arranging for me to get an exclusive feature at, at Apple, where they're going to be featuring a custom sample from the book to potential readers. And then with me adding at the end, pre-order now, you know, if this interest, if, if that, if you want to read more or whatever, so that I have to get that finished this week. And I'll be sending, like I said, I'll be sending that set that section to my readers for feedback before I send it to my Smashwords merchandiser because I want to make sure it's perfect. And I'm I'm kind of nervous about this book because I've been working on it like that. I was telling, um, well, Nolan knows this, but I, I worked on that first half page for probably six months or even eight months. I've been working on it since well before we had the baby. So I'm really hoping that it works well. I'm going to get good feedback on that here soon. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, should we go on to the quote? Yes. All our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Walt Disney. So unicorns are Mars, baby. Yeah. I have the courage to make it happen. That reminds me when our six-year-old asked me if unicorns were real, and I said, no, they're not. No, she said, are fairies real? And I said, no, they're not. And then she goes, then nothing's real. (laughs) (laughs) She was so despaired, so despondent about it. I'm like, yeah, no, nothing's real. (laughs) She did ask me if uh, sharks were real and giraffes, and I was like, yes, those are real. There was one other one that felt like it was super, maybe it was a vampire bat. Oh, Oh, the dress. That was funny. She, she's like, oh, I love that dress. And our three-year-old's like, it's a fake dress. And it was on a girl who was performing the violin. And our six-year-old's like, I know, but I still love it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway. Okay, so yes, all our dreams can come true if what? If we have the courage to pursue them. Okay, so Nolan is way too literal, but um, I, I agree with that. Like, we, our dream is for... Um, unicorns on Mars. For unicorns on Mars. For Nolan to be able to, to quit his job and for us to do book work um, full-time at home. And me being a mom full-time, of course, still. But with Nolan, you know, doing stuff at home, me doing stuff at home, both of us working at home. And so if we work towards that, if we set goals, um, it's something that can actually happen. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and go on to the tip. Uh, still talking about reviews. Um, so at the end of each book, you, you'll be more likely to get reviews if you ask for them. And make sure that you don't have too many call to actions at the end of a book. So, for example, you can have a call to action of download the next book or join your newsletter or post a review. And I have a hard time choosing and I know it's less effective, but I put all three of those join my newsletter list and download the next book and post a review. My goal isn't to get reviews as much, though. And so I have that be the last call to action. Uh, one thing, if you do ask, you're going to want it to be something memorable. <laughs> And yes, the baby's with us. Um, have fun with it. So uh, one of my author friends has an angel gets its wings every time somebody posts a review. And mine says things, mine are more violent, like Jacob punches a monster in the face, things like that. You know, Lizzie shoots a bad guy, things like that. Um, if somebody, if, with every review or whatever. So if you can make it funny or entertaining or something that catches the reader's eyes, they are far more likely to do it than if you just say, hey, post a review or hey, I'd appreciate if you left me a review. Um, another thing is you can explain to them why reviews help, but um, don't make it too elaborate or too wordy or anything like that. You want it to be simple and sweet. What? Don't beg. Yeah, don't beg. I mean, some people respond well to begging. I don't, but some people do. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so at the end of each book, ask the reader to post a review on the website where they downloaded the book. Uh, and then also make sure you give them a direct link to the book on that retailer. Don't give them a universal look link, which, um, I sometimes do. I give them direct links to Amazon. Actually, I don't anymore. I don't give any direct links anymore, but you will have better results if you do. It's just very hard to maintain direct links when you've got a bajillion books that link all to each other and all around. Okay, are you ready to go into the movie? Yes. And he's making the baby laugh. <laughs> I'm trying to keep him from making any noise. Stop making noises, baby. Children are to be seen and not heard. Okay, would you give us a one or two sentence on what this movie is? Uh, Don Knotts wants to be a reporter, um, and he gets his big break when they ask him to go report on a haunted house. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. Much hilarity ensues. And let's see. Um, okay, talk about inciting. What the inciting incident is? Uh, I guess the inciting incident is when the janitor tells him to helps him write the story. Yeah, because that's a, yeah, that's what actually the, attention. The, he's the ex. Uh, so the the janitor is the ex gardener of the house that the murder this haunted house murder occurred. Murder in. suicide happened there. He's the actual protagonist of the movie. Kind of. Yeah. He's the one that. Drives the plot forward. He's mm -hmm. the one that sets everything up. He's, He's the, the one that does everything through the whole everything. show. Yeah. Don Knotts is only reacting to things that Luther. He has. Luther. <laughs> yeah. No. No. He really. He's just reacting to everything that's happening to him. Yes. It's very plot driven or very character driven. Mm -hmm. With him having no clue what's going on yeah. the whole time. So uh, it's the twentieth anniversary of the murder suicide, and 
Um, unbeknownst to Luther, uh, the gardener knows who committed the murder. And he's scared to say something. And he, yeah, exactly. So he's trying to set it up so that the real murderer gets caught 20 years later, finally. What genre is this? <sighs> Comedy. Yeah, I would say comedy, a little bit of horror. You know, it's light, a little very, spooky very for light horror. Kid, kid light horror. Yeah. Because um, it's a haunted house and he spends the night in a haunted house. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. um, they don't focus on that too much, though. They show a few horrible things and then they, hey, it was horrible, it was horrible. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, there you go. Um, so, what's was the next thing? What's the that next was the inciting thing? incident. Yeah. So. Um, what are your favorite tropes in this movie? Uh, haunted house is classic. Yeah, I love haunted houses. So that's good. Um, there's also like the love triangles in there, sort mm -hmm. of. It's a great love triangle too because he's so <laughs> improbable. Improbable. <laughs> yes. So there's that. Um, there, you know, you know, like the bungling goofball. Yeah, slapstick. Slaps. Yeah, exactly. Slapstick uh, humor is in there. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, let's see what other tropes are there. Like, yeah, yeah, romance is a trope. The you know, evil rich guy murdering his family for money. Yeah. Okay, um, I want to talk about okay Luther's motivations and goals and how he gets there. Let's let's discuss that for a little bit. You mentioned that he his biggest goal is to become an actual real life reporter. Yes, He's I feel a, like I need to quote him every he time. Is, he is a typesetter at the newspaper at the newspaper for the little town named Rachel. Rachel, Rachel Kansas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what are what are, what are his motivations? Uh. There's this girl he likes. Yeah, Joan. No, what's her Alma. name? What's her name in the movie? Alma. Alma, that's right. Her jo Joan is her real name, her actress name. Yeah, so there's that. Um, and then one, the, an actual reporter from the newspaper is dating her, uh -huh. but not exclusively. Yeah. They go, they go out. But... To the guy, he's their exclusive. Yeah. Like, he freaks out. She's like, you don't know me. She's not seeing anyone else but him. Yeah. But she also never promised to see anyone else but him. Yeah. So he's running under the assumption that they're a thing. So um, would he want to become a reporter if it weren't for Alma, do you think? Yeah, I think he wanted it. He wanted it anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. But he does achieve both his purposes. By mm -hmm. the end, he does get the girl and he does become a reporter, I guess. I mean, he they, they don't yeah. explicitly they say don't, so, No, they don't. But you, it's assumed. It's, it is assumed because um, that if he gets a bigger story, they, there's, it's implied he'll get. Like, and he does get a huge story. He unveils, yes. unveils the murder. So. Yes. He helps. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. He his his whole body's a weapon. And he has to throw his whole body at the guy to hurt him because he's so weak. <laughs> well, Don Knotts is five, six and a half, and he probably weighs like ninety pounds. Yeah. I'm not even kidding about no. that. He is tiny. Nope. Yeah, his whole body's a weapon. He'd been learning karate through in uh, Melon. Learning, yeah, Melon learning correspondence. Course. Yeah. So he's like, my whole body's a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so let's start. Let's talk about the opening scene. The opening mm -hmm. scene starts with a murder. Yeah. But it's not a murder. Yeah. So how he gets there. So basically, um, how do they show us who he is? So um, he's driving on the road and somebody screams murder, murder, murder. And he jumps out of his car and he's got a camera. And mm -hmm. he's ready to take pictures of the murder, and there's a body. On and he the takes pictures of the body. And they're great pictures. Everybody says they're great pictures. Yeah. Uh, and there's blood everywhere. And the guy was hit with a board, mm -hmm. and the board's there, and it's covered in blood. Mm -hmm. And the lady's screaming, murder, murder, murder. Yeah. And so he takes a bunch of pictures and then runs to the police station to yeah. tell them that there was murder. And... They do take him kind of seriously. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, they're like, are you sure? And yeah, like, but then the murder victim walks in. Right. Because he just got he's hit He's a in the drunk. Head. He got knocked out. 
<laughs> yeah. He didn't get murdered. And no. So, and so everyone doesn't believe him. And he's he, Luther's known for telling tall tales as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to say, what's the show and tell for the characters? They don't tell us. They show us that he is, like, people don't trust him. They set him up to be, I mean, he's like the town, you know, joker town. What's the word? Not jester. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, he's he he is the he's the scapegoat for everything. Everything bad that happens, like he ends up being the one who has it happen to him. Right. Um, but yeah, so that scene, that opening scene sets he wants to be a reporter. He's like, I finally got my big story, he takes pictures, mm-hmm. and they're like, they don't really believe him. They're like, Well, let's see, you know, let's see. And he shows in the pictures, like, right. well, but then the guy walks in and they just they think it's hilarious. So that shows, you know, by them laughing at him. You know, he's just a, a, the butt of everyone's joke. Exactly. And it's, and things like that have happened before. Right. So then um, next is the story gets written. In yeah. The in the paper. And he gets the byline, not the janitor who helps him write it. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't tell the people, <laughs> the, the the people that run the newspaper, because he's the typesetter. He just typeset it with him in there. Yeah. Um, and then, so they want him to, it was very popular. So they want him to do a follow up where he stays the night in the house by himself. Yeah. And they kind of set him up to fail, honestly. They, well, They're like we need somebody who is right. easily scared. Let's make this really big, you know? Yeah. Although the, the other reporter who's kind of a jerk does offer to go in with him. That's true. Ollie. Ollie at the end. He's yeah. like, do you want me to go in with you? And he's you like, know. no, I'll be fine. And then he's like, Ollie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So he does go in there, and then that's when the gardener sets up everything to happen. Yeah, to make it look like the house is haunted so, so that there's... people will believe him. Right, exactly, because he wants people to reinvestigate. He, he also knows that uh, Luther is honest. Luther's not going to lie, you know? He's not going to make up a haunted house, and no, so he, he sets things up. He's so. honest, but he exaggerates. I mean, yeah. he does like to tell stories. Um, so I don't, like when he was a kid, he would tell taller tales, but now yeah. he wants to tell real stories Yeah, exactly. about things that actually happen that are interesting. Yeah. And he's like, I wouldn't lie about this. You know, he's, he feels very strongly. Of course, I think that most of his exaggerating as a child, he didn't know he was exaggerating. It's just his personality, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't like crazy serious stuff. It was like, he pretended he was like a secret agent or yeah. he wrote a story that he was switched with the Prince of Wales at birth. Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's like not out of the ordinary for a kid to write a story, especially for an assignment about writing a story about. Yeah. Write a story about yourself. And they didn't say it had to be a true story. Yeah. No kidding. So um, how do they show us the characters of the town? I mean, we've got Luther, we've got the townspeople and there's two groups in the townspeople. Right. The, uh, the ones that want the occult to be real. Yeah. And um, all of the serious people, I yeah. guess. The rest, so like the, the old police. ladies versus everybody else. Right, like the police, the, um, the, the reporters. The owner of the house. Yeah. The well, lawyers. the owner of the house is a totally different. That's he true. comes into town after being gone for a long time. Right. And he is... The murderer. Yeah, I don't know if I want to say it, but this movie <laughs> is from the 60s, so... <laughs> I'm going to bet most of our readers have seen this or listeners have seen yeah, this. Yeah, this movie is it's a 50, classic. 60 years old, so I think it's okay. I've not met very many people who haven't seen it. Yeah. So, but yeah, they, so the, the guy he's going to sell the house and the gardener's like, you can't sell it. They're going to demolish it. He's like, you can't do that because, you know, it's that's, his last chance to, to pin it on the person who actually did it because yeah. that guy tried to pin it on him. Yeah, yep. Because the lady he used his scissors. Yeah, the, the, the woman of the house was murdered with his garden shears, but mm-hmm. he found the body first and pulled them from the body. Yeah. Um, so that he wasn't implicated. But yeah. He, and he knew who did it, but he didn't have any proof. And he couldn't go forward and say, and just I say pulled the did. scissors out because there's no evidence that he didn't do it. Right, exactly. So he had to set it up in such a way that the murderer would reveal himself. Yeah. 
So you had to put enough pressure on him to make him make a mistake, you know, to yeah. make him intervene, which happens. Yeah. Right? And I like how he and Luther have been working together. Like he sticks around. He doesn't run out of town, you know, and he ends up becoming Kelsey is his name. He ends up becoming somebody who Luther trusts, you know? And so it's, it's plausible. All of this mm-hmm. it is yeah, they're friends. I mean, they work together at least. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the progression of an antagonists. Who is our first antagonist? I mean, where, what are the antagonists at, from the start all the way through to the end? Well, Ollie's an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, the house is an antagonist. The house is an I mean, Ollie um, is going out with Alma, and he's a reporter, and those are both things that Luther wants. Yeah. And only one can have the girl, and they could both be reporters, but maybe not. And then yeah. uh, the house, the, the, the owner of the house. Is the main antagonist, right? the main right? antagonist, yes. But he's not even that big, and it's not important that he has a huge role, because... Um, they set him up as somebody who's going to demolish this house that like, especially the little old ladies want to keep around because it's right. haunted, you know, mm-hmm. but we, I mean, I, I feel like they did a really good job with the antagonists in the story. Like we don't need to know his whole story. The main antagonists. No, you know? they tell him at, at the end, like he, he killed him for the money because yeah. he was the heir, even though he was just their nephew. Yeah. But he's not super antagonistic towards Luther. He's indifferent through the whole story, main, uh, basically. Until like they tr- he tries to have a trial to discredit him. And that's where we find out about Luther's tall tale telling. But as in third grade. Yeah. When everybody <laughs> is not is like, that way. Yeah, exactly. So that wasn't really relevant. But Luther, I hope I helped your case. His little old lady, third grade. Stooped teacher. teacher. Yeah, she's so cute. Yeah, so we have a natural progression of antagonists here. We, you know, we it leads us to the next, to the next, to the next. And Ollie is an antagonistic, antagonistic throughout the whole thing, but he's not antagonistic towards Luther. Meaning he doesn't quite, he doesn't think Luther is competition. You know, because... Until he is. Until he is. But I mean, he's and then at the trial, friendly with him. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they do work for the same company, so mm-hmm. there's only so much he can do. And he treats he, him kind of like a kid brother, honestly. Even though he's like 10 years old. 10 years older than him, yeah. Because he's not the brightest bulb. No. Bless his heart. <laughs> oh, Don Knotts. He plays great characters. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. Um, okay, talk about unreliable narrator. Luther. Um, they establish him as unreliable. But but with he's a caveat, not. like the house is not haunted, and but it is like he's unreliable because he's like the house is haunted, but it's not haunted. We saw how it got set up to be haunted, mm-hmm. and so he's unreliable to like, but not to us because we know that all of that right, happened. We, we saw it all happen. Yeah, he's he's acting on the information he has, and we can. See and then we get way. new information once we find out Kelsey set it all up, and so he's an unreliable narrator, but he's not really an unreliable narrator. Because we know that what he saw happened. You know, they don't hold right. that from us. Yeah, there are ghostly things that happen. Like the, the piano or the organ, organ does play itself. And the door does open, the secret trap door. Yeah, right. And Which is the, the shears do appear in the in the painting. The, the, yes. So, yeah, so all of that stuff really does happen. But he is an unreliable narrator because the house is not haunted. Um, yeah, I liked that. I liked how they set that up because, you know, Should we want to believe him. At, talk about how he gave a, had to give a speech. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, after he spends the night in the house and says it's haunted, before he gets sued yeah. for saying that, for libel, yeah. um, everyone thinks he's super brave and he's like the hero of the town. Yeah. And they, give, he has to, they ask him to give a speech at the Chamber of, Chamber of Commerce, Commerce meeting. Picnic. Picnic, yeah. 
And his papers blow away, so he has to like go by memory. And it's fine. and and Nolan said, "This is me every day." <laughs> what is brave? It's short for bravery. <laughs> Let, Let me, me clarify, clarify this, and then he ends his talk with that. <laughs> so amazing. And Nolan, you're not that bad, but you do get very nervous. Yeah, I'm about. I'm like one step above that. <laughs> and Don Knotts acting that part. His hands on the podium. Oh my gosh, he is he's a freaking talented writer. I mean writer. Um, okay. I'm such a I'm so brainwashed to talk about only authors and books. Um, actor, yes, he's really good. Okay, uh, let's see. I'm actually good to go on to trivia and tropes or trivia and takeaways if you want to. Okay, so um, this is awesome. They they put so much thought into, and this is not one of my takeaways, but they put so much thought into every aspect of this movie. So the first bit of trivia is about the car that Luther drives. Guess what car it was? It's an Edsel. Do you remember Edsels? They were a Ford car from the 60s that was famously reliably unreliable and that broke down, fell apart, almost destroyed the Ford company. I mean, not quite, but I mean, I heard about it growing up, the Edsel. You know, people made jokes about Edsel, so that's what he drove. Um, and as trivia says, it was a colossal failure, which would have been familiar to the audience of the time. So basically it reinforms, what's the word, re and what's the word? Reinforces. Reinforces his his um ineptitude basically everything is falling apart okay um this is funny joan the act the actress who plays alma was a playboy model before this playboy playmate <laughs> before this uh she was 26 when this movie was filmed and he was 42 nolan and i were both like whoa he looks a lot older than that i was like uh, nolan yeah. you've aged well <laughs> yeah but um, it's also partially just because of the way he, his expressions, how he acts, you know, he makes himself look older by always being like, ah, you know, surprised. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, oh yeah. Um, I feel bad for Don Knotts. They, okay. So he was going to be a, he was on the Andy Griffith show, right? He was regular on the Andy Griffith show. But the movie was supposed to be canceled at a certain point, and so Don not signed a multi-picture deal with Universal Studios, and then the the people who watched the Andy Griffith show begged for it to be back enough for the studio to start it up again, and they did several more years, and he wasn't able to be a regular anymore, and it, he said he deeply regretted having to leave the show, but he was like, it was canceled, so I signed, you know, you know, signed a deal. Um... Okay, so he was in the Army for about three years. He got discharged in the rank of Technician Grade 5, which is the equivalent of a, co a corporal, which I thought was kind of cool. And he was conceived after his parents had already raised other sons. Basically, his dad had a nervous breakdown at the prospect of having another kid, and he literally had a nervous breakdown. Apparently, his father threatened his mom twice with a knife and spent a lot of time in mental hospitals. And so he had a really rough childhood growing up. But, I mean, the nervous breakdown, it was like not one of, I had a nervous breakdown, it was like an actual nervous breakdown over having another child. So I'm like, you poor kid, you know, being the next one. And this was something I absolutely love. Um, hold on, let me make sure it's not, not one of my takeaways. Not my takeaway. He never retired from acting. The year he died, he was still doing movies. Uh, and that's, that's serious dedication. You know, if it's something you love so much that you don't ever plan to, I mean, writing books, I'm I don't plan to ever retire from, I don't care how much money we make or how much money we don't make. I will always write because I love it so much. You know, I thought that was pretty impressive. I'm like go him. 
And then let's see. Oh, that's actually it. Oh, wait, one more. He took an early job plucking chickens um, when he was told he didn't have a future in acting. <laughs> plucking chickens. We've heard that a lot. A lot of people don't have a future in acting and then have a future in acting. Have huge careers in acting. Yeah. So basically don't listen. Yeah. Basically. Don't listen to critics. Don't listen to reviews. Don't listen to any of that. If it's something you love, then do it. You know, success comes to those who um, never give up. Never if you have up. the courage to pursue them. Never surrender your dreams. Yes. Okay, give me your takeaways. Okay. Uh, memorable characters. So Don Knotts is Don Knotts, no matter what he's in. Yeah. Um, but he's memorable. Yeah. And um, he got kind of pigeonholed, but he doesn't seem to mind, honestly. He mastered the one thing, and then yeah. they let him do the one thing. Mm-hmm. So he made a career doing it. Uh, and he never stopped, so he must not have minded that much. Yeah. He was a voice in Chicken Little. And he did, like, 50,000 Chicken Little-type movies, shows, and things like that. Voice acting? Mm-hmm. He did it. That was basically what he did towards the end, was a whole bunch of voice acting. I mean, tons and tons of cartoons. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then pay attention to details. Um, this movie has a lot of, like, little... Actually, I noticed a lot of, like, dialogue and, like, funny things in it. Uh, watching it for the... I've seen this movie like a hundred times. boy, Luther! Not just that, but like <laughs> the funny things that people... Like, I didn't realize how much how funny it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, the physical part, but not just like the dialogue. It's yeah. hilarious. I was actually just not watching the movie and just listening to the dialogue. Yeah. I was painting at the time. Um, but I didn't... I mean, because I've seen it so many times, I was like, I don't need to see it. Yeah. But then I listened to it, and then it was actually funny just listening to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Good for you, writer of the movie. Yeah, how does that apply to... How do writers apply that to their books? Be a good writer. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention to... Pay attention, yeah, like, pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So it works on more than one level, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, the narration, not just narration, but dialogue, everything. Yeah, like their timing, like that detail with the car, things like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, they paid attention to everything. Yeah. Little things... Um, okay, so my takeaways are one character, it's possible for one character to carry the entire movie or the entire show. Most of the characters in that shows are unre- in that movie are unremarkable. They're like just average people, but Don Knotts' character is so memorable that it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if the other characters are Wendy because he is so, like, he's just super him, you know? And so sometimes it doesn't matter if you, I mean, like, I think I was listening to re-listen to our episodes and Michael Brent Collings made a comment about how sometimes writing has to just be writing. It doesn't have to be excellent. And he says he recognizes sometimes he puts out things that parts of his books that aren't perfect, but, but you just, you have to be able to, it's okay to do that because sometimes there's other parts that are so good, you know? And so there, right. Every part can't be a masterpiece. Yeah. If you're trying to make every part a masterpiece, you'll never release anything because you'll always be working on this masterpiece that never gets released. Exactly. And so some books, there's going to be parts in every book that could be strengthened, you know, but as long as you have that one thing, that one character that really pulls people back, then you're fine, you know, and it's, and it's okay. Um, of course, always constantly be working on, you know, I'm not giving you an excuse not to work on getting better as a writer. Right. 
Okay, um, my last takeaway is I'm going to read the description that they put up for this movie. This is the main description. Luther Heggs aspires to be a reporter for his small-town newspaper, The Rachel Courier Express. He gets his big break when the editor asks him to spend the night at the Simmons mansion that 20 years before was the site of a now, of a now famous murder-suicide. The case has aroused local interest not only because of the anniversary, but because the family heir, Nick Simmons, has returned to Rachel planning to tear the managed mansion down. Luther's account of his wild ghost-ridden night in the house leads Simmons to sue for libel, but with the aid of his friend Kelsey, they determine what exactly happened that night long ago and the identity of the real killer. That is supposed to be the blurb for the show. It's quite a long blurb. It is very long. Um, so my point with this is don't leave... So leave unimportant details out of the description. Um, if it's going to be... It needs to be something that's really short, really punchy, really to the point. So Luther Heggs aspires to be a reporter for his small town newspaper, the Rachel Courier Express. We don't need to know the name of the newspaper. Um, what else do we not need to know? We don't need to know the name of the mansion. We don't need to know... Um, the name of the guy who came back, the name of his friend. The libel. I mean, okay, so let me read. This one is a better one. It is one sentence. A typesetter for a small town newspaper pursues his dream of becoming a big time reporter by spending a night in a, an alleged haunted house. That encapsulates the story. You know, there's more to it than that, but you don't need more than that, you know? Anyway, and I mean, you don't need to put all of the little tiny details into your description. You just, you need to put, so basically... Um, pare it down into the most important things that need to, um, actually that's another good point. So the most important things that, that need to be mentioned in the, in the thing, um, this little one, a typesetter for a small town newspaper pursues his dream of becoming a big time reporter by spending a night in an alleged haunted house. How far into the movie did he spend the night in the haunted house? Halfway. Halfway, a third of the way, I would say. Yeah, about a third of the way, maybe even a little bit less than that. So a description, a good description does not reveal things that happen later on in the series, in the book. You know, you, you touch on, you can touch on. It's not, so this is what a lot of people run into this problem. It's not a summary of your book. No, no. A lot of people have a summary as yeah. their blurb, but that yeah. is not what this is. No. You're absolutely right. You want, you want to, you want to have the hook, the setup. Not then give them the payoff. Yeah. Actually, it's not a haunted house and he gets the girl at the end and blah, blah, blah. I mean, people do that, though. Yeah. Like, they tell you the end of their book and their description. It's like, well, I don't need to read this now. I just have exactly. a synopsis of what just happened. What's the point? Yeah. And, okay, so in that little, in the in your description, you want it to be longer than that, but you need to have a blurb that is punchy. So it talks about he has, he's pursuing his dream of becoming a big time reporter. So that is the overall show. That's the overall theme of the movie. He wants to become a reporter. And, of course, Alma. And so, and then spending the night in the haunted house happens relatively quickly. Uh, yeah, so get to the point in your, excuse me, get to the point in your descriptions and don't put in stuff that is not necessary um, to get people to, um, and here's another thing, go and read blurbs for popular books in your series, not just like Scarlet Letter, you know, don't, don't read things like that. Read the ones for the ones that are actually selling. Go to Amazon's charts to figure that out. Because they don't not I'm not talking about like the rank I'm talking about their actual charts because they talk about which books are selling the most copies and which books are getting the most most um, borrows and things like that they actually give those lists and they give it like in this month or or this week things like that so you get a better idea of what books are the most popular and then yeah mirror your description after those um, where can people find you at Art with Nolan on Instagram. Yeah, uh, we're making this a shorter episode because we are heading out. Actually, it's 4.30 right now, so we need to go and eat and leave. 
So um, you can catch me on the Book Bump Promotions and More group um, or at the local water park tonight, <laughs> uh, which is this is Monday. So never mind about that. And email me at andrea at selfpublishedstrong.com if you have any questions. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.